Amen. You know, I just read something about people bringing their Bibles to church. It's happening less and less because we have things we call wall Bibles, right? That screen up there, all the scriptures on the screen. So why do you need to actually uh, bring your Bibles? I want to encourage you this year to bring your Bible wherever you go. All right. Not just to church. I want to encourage you to bring your Bible. Just pack it. Just, you know, some people pack heat, pack your Bible. They call it the sword of this, you know, I mean, just, just pack it. Just keep it in your car. You know, some of you get like 15 minute breaks every two hours. Just, you know, you go in the back room and, and, and you sip your cup of coffee. Just pull out your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, at least bring, like I got an iPhone here. It's got like 20 Bibles in one app, you know. Bring something where you can get the Word of God in you and bring it to church. Here's why. There's something that happens when we read the Word and you're reading along with us and you can study it and underline it in your Bible. It's just a little encouragement for 2010, but I want to encourage you to bring your Bible and not just to church, everywhere you go. Come on. We need more of God in our lives. Can I hear an amen? All right. So uh, if you're visiting here today, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors and we are excited for the year 2010. Uh, I am filled with faith. I'm excited, and I think that you, deep down inside, whether or not your life is going great or going uh, not so great, I believe, listen, I believe that deep down inside of you, there's a measure of faith that believes that things can turn around, that you can see miracles, that great things can happen in this year. So my goal today, the first service of 2010, is to simply elevate our faith and get us on a track where we're a little bit more excited about 2010 than when we began. If we walk out of here that way, would you say that's a win? Come on, that's a win for me, and I'm preaching, so I get to win. I just want to encourage you to win with me today. So let's pray, and we'll get into the preaching of the Word this morning. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, right now, I'm asking once again that you would release the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and our ears to what you are saying to the church. I pray, God, that we would not be satisfied with the old wineskin. We wouldn't be satisfied with our old life. We wouldn't be satisfied with our old level of faith. But, Lord, there would be something new, a new level of faith for a new season. God, I pray that we would see what we are capable of when we are operating in the Spirit when we're operating following you. So God, right now, over every man in this room, over every woman in this room, I pray that the Spirit would be released to do His great work. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Well, before I begin, I have to talk to my computer people back there. I'm not going to use any of it. I'm not, Amanda, I'm not going to use any of it. I, uh, I really feel like God gave me a specific word just during worship. Now, sometimes that can be a little tricky. So you guys can just sit back and wonder how this is going to turn out when God gives somebody a message right before he gets up to speak. But I believe God's going to do something great. So will you open up your Bibles with me to Ezekiel chapter 37? Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, Ezekiel, look at my Bible, everybody. This is where Ezekiel is, if you're trying to find it. I would say, you know, like maybe two-thirds, I don't know. Uh, But Ezekiel chapter 37. Some of you that have grown up in the church have heard of this story. It's the story about the valley of dry bones. Everyone say dry bones. 
I want to speak to you today using the topic, Limitless Possibilities. I believe 2010 is going to be a year of limitless possibilities. I want you to think about 2009. How was 2009 for you? You know, maybe it's depending on the day, right? Like 2009, January 1, great. January 2, not so great. You know, but if we were to look back at 2009, I want you to think about how did your year go? How many of you would agree with me that many times the way our past has gone determines our faith for the future? It's not that it's right, it's just that that's how it happens, right? We look at our previous record. i got to admit to you, as a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, I look at their record. And their record does not give me much hope for today when they play the Tennessee Titans. I look at the fact that they've been outscored 92 to 17 in the last three weeks. And I, I, when I look at the future, the game that will happen today at 115, I'm not filled with much hope. Why? Because so many times our past record dictates our current faith. Yet what I want to tell you today is that God loves to take the past wad it up, spit his spirit on it, put it in, form it into something great, and give you something that doesn't seem possible. Our God is the God of the impossible, not the God of the past. And when you look at your 2009, I have incredibly great news if you weren't too excited about how it went. 2010 has nothing to do with 2009 except that it can merely be a stepping stone into what God has for you. And that is a reason to sit up straight. That's a reason to get a little excited. That's a reason to go, you know what? I'm going to jump on the faith train because it's the God train and I need my life to be a little bit different than 2009. The past or what you're currently looking at does not dictate what the future will be. This is a year of limitless possibilities. And you would say, well, Pastor Brian, it's 2010. It's the first service in January. Isn't every year, if you're a Christian, the year of limitless possibilities? And I would say to you, yes. Yes, every year is a year of limitless possibilities. And I'm so glad it's a new year in God because it continues to be limitless possibilities. And no matter if you're in a ditch, God will pick you up. No matter if you had a great year, this is a year to move forward. But I believe spiritually speaking i believe when we're trying to hear what the spirit is saying to the church sometimes there can be a universal truth that is absolutely important to understand for a specific season did you get that sometimes there is a universal truth that needs to be understood for a specific season because it has of utmost importance and i believe in my spirit that we need to understand that that which we thought was impossible that which may not seem like could happen based off of past records based off of previous losses if you're the seattle seahawks i believe that this is a year of limitless possibilities and i want us to read the story that we see here in ezekiel chapter 37 the valley of the dry bones. And it says this beginning in verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Let's stop right there. The current situation was not the mountaintop. It was the valley. And the valley was not just a valley. It was a valley of dry bones. 
If you want God to show you something, my guess is that you would agree with me that I don't want to be taken to a valley where there are bones. If God's going to show me the outlook or how things are, I want God to take me to the mountaintop and, 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 and quote me all the eagle scriptures. You know, we're like eagle, you know, not faint, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to go to valleys and bones, and definitely not at the beginning of the year. But it gets better. Most of you know this. Let's look at verse 2. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. I love it when they take a, um, they go out of their way to point out how bad it is. They're like, oh, it was a valley. Oh, and there were dry bones. Oh, and those bones, they were dry. I mean, they were, and then he doesn't just say dry. It says they were very dry. Verse 3, and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered over them, but there was no breath in them. Verse 9, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Friends, we need to understand what God is wanting to do. Sometimes our faith in God is to get us through the day. Our faith and our expectation and what God wants to do is, well, my life isn't very good right now. Well, I'm battling some depression. Well, I haven't seen some great things of God in a while. And our faith level measures up to, maybe I can just make it. Maybe even though I'm feeling kind of dead, maybe God can give me enough faith to just kind of make it through the day. And I want to just speak into your lives this morning that the level of power of God in your life is not to get you through the day. It's not to just kind of make your bones shake, rattle, and roll. He has a plan for you not to just make it, but for you to be a part of a great army. And it is impossible to be a part of a great army with bones that simply shake rattle and roll. God wants to give you faith where you see yourself not just making it. Oh, I feel better for this day. Oh, thank you, Pastor, for speaking that word. I think I can make it. I think I'll, I'll be happy for this afternoon. We'll see what happens. No, no, no. God wants to give you a level of faith where you once seemed to be dead, but now we're operating as a great, powerful army. That's the kind of faith That's the kind of life, yet we have this war battling against us because our record isn't 
that great. See, if I was the coach of the Seattle Seahawks today, oh, Jesus. You know, he'd come in, he's probably going into that locker room today, and he's going to put up some hype, you know. Coach Mora. Not even sure he'll be the coach next year. If I had a vote. Well, anyways, here's the deal. He's probably going to go into that locker room today and he's going to be like, all right, guys, I know we haven't played well. I know we haven't been able to score. And I know we haven't been able to stop anyone. But we really are good guys and there's no real reason for us to expect anything different from what's happened in the past. But I want you guys to give it your best effort today. I believe in you. You can do it. Si se puede. Come on. You know, I think he's just like, but I think that at the end of the day, in natural terms, your past kind of does dictate your future. In natural terms. Now, something crazy could happen. You could walk by the street and find a million dollars on the street. And, whoa, you know, the Seahawks might just catch a football today. I mean, I don't know, but it's probably not as likely to happen. It would be rare. Here's what I want to show you today. When you follow Jesus and when you put your faith in Him, it is not a rare occurrence for something that was dead to come back to life and to be a great army. It is the norm. It is the plan. It is something that we can expect in God. Yes, I was living like this. Yes, I was going down that road. Yes, I was putting a needle in my arm. Yes, I was thinking about divorce. Yes, I wasn't able to hold a job. Yes, I seemed to always be battling depression. Yes, I was... But I found God and He breathed His Spirit into me. And now I have limitless possibilities into what God can do in my life. It is time to elevate our faith beyond the norm into the spirit realm because it is the Spirit that sets you free. Jesus will breathe His life into you just like He did the disciples and say, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's where impossible things become possible. But if you look at 2010 and you set your New Year's resolutions and you looked at your life, you're like, ah, I've got to lose 10 pounds. I should read more. I, I need to eat less fast food. I'm going to have a budget this year. I'm going to try and save money. I'm not going to buy a lottery ticket every day, just every other maybe, because I maybe, you know. Look, look, you guys, the world is full of trying to fix themselves. They're full of trying to walk into a locker room with a failing past and just kind of motivate themselves into a better tomorrow. And we see time after time after time people come back empty and unfulfilled. See, Jesus gave you the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that can accomplish more in your life than you ever thought you could in your own power. But I want to show you something today as we look at this scripture. I want to keep reading here. Let's pick up here in verse, uh, in verse 11. We see now that it's an exceedingly great army. Verse 11, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. 
Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open up your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Now, you guys, when we see this army, first we see a valley and then we see bones and then we see that the bones are very, very dry. I want to show you your place in this picture. I want to show you your role and your responsibility of becoming the army that God has already empowered you to become. Because many times we look at our life and we look at our past record and we look at 2009 and we say, ah, man. Oh, it just wasn't that. Oh, man, I'm just not where I should be. And then we hear messages like this. and say, God wants to make you more than a conqueror. You're a great army. And I want you to understand something. I want you to understand your role. Because when God used Ezekiel, he did not say, Ezekiel, sit back and watch me do something. This is what he said to Ezekiel. Hey, Ezekiel, you prophesy. You speak into this situation and you declare the word of the Lord. And too often we have Christians that grab a chair, sit back and we say, well, God, if you're going to do it, let's see it. And we just wait. And God is saying, stand up, speak life into your situation. Speak life into your valley. Have faith. Do not sit there. Rise up and speak life. You prophesy. He said, what? Kind of looking over your shoulder like, looking at your wife. He's talking to you, not me. I, I, I don't know about No, here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that everybody should be walking around acting like the prophet Ezekiel. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that you need to look at your life and instead of sitting back and having this false hope, just like the rest of the world, that maybe this year is going to be a better year than last year, instead of you just sitting back and saying, well, I guess if God is for me, then who can be against me? We'll see. God is saying, no, you are a part of this equation. You have to take a look at where your valley is and whatever bones are dry in your valley and you have to say, listen, my God has called me to speak life into this situation. I am going to speak life into my family. I want to encourage all the husbands of the house today. You have a responsibility as the priest of your house to speak life over your wife, or life over your children, life over your marriage. You have the responsibility to not sit back and hope things change, but you have a responsibility to speak life into your family. Ladies, that is not to exempt you or to belittle you or lower you to any other standards. There is a responsibility, women, of you to speak life over your family, speak life over your depression, speak life over your valley of dry bones, and have the faith of God. Have you ever wondered how people can have faith when things are so valley-ish? Have you ever, you know, like, how how do they do that? 
Have you ever, you know, you look at your life and you're like, man, this is a, a valley-ish life. These, these, these bones are dry. How do you expect me to stand up and prophesy into my life and have faith for 2010? How could it possibly happen? Here's how. Even though you do the speaking, God does the moving. You got that? Even though you do the speaking, God uses your words of faith and acts His Spirit, His power, not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord, and He builds the army. He takes the dry bones and He does the work. All God needs is your measure of faith. He says, if you speak to these mountains, be thou removed and cast in the sea, it shall be done. Who does the moving? You know God does, but He needs your words of faith. Now, I want to I keep going. This isn't a systematic message today. I don't have three points. I don't even have a piece of paper to look at. But I want you guys to understand how this works. You see, when you speak, you are not using your power. You are not using your kind of, like, self-motivation. You are putting your faith that God is who He says He is, and you're just being obedient. So you're saying, God, it's not that I can change anything, but I will speak with my mouth. My marriage will be different this year because you are for marriage. My life will, my depression, my addictions, I speak over them, but it will be your power. My faith is not in my ability to create an army out of nothing. My faith is that, God, you will use my words to do your work. We were at the beach this past weekend, and uh, we, we always go to the outlet malls, you know, and, and there's always the Christian outlet bookstore type thing. And we always go in there, and I look around, and, oh, man, i got to be honest with you. Um, I, listen, I'm not here to bash Christian bookstores. They're fine. I buy books from the Christian bookstore. It's fine. But listen, I went to one section, and it just, you, you know, uh, it, it, it just... It bothered me, okay? I just, I just, I got that icky feel in my stomach. Because you want to know what the, the, the topic, you know, there's like children and there's marriage and there's family and there's pastoral helps, you know, because we need all the help we can get and, 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 and there's Christian living. And then, and that's all fine. I don't have a problem with any of that. But I got to this one section and I just, I just put on my ugly face for just a second. Just, I made sure nobody was watching, you know. But this, yeah, and you know what that section was? It was the section in a Christian bookstore of self-help books. Now, are you tracking with me here? Because if you try and help yourself, you are going to get the same results you've gotten every year with your self-help resolutions and your self-help trying to have a better year than last year. But if you will put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you will say, God, I am unable, I am powerless, but I will speak the Word of God. I will 
speak with faith what you want for my life. When you do that, you take yourself out of the equation and you're simply the spokesperson for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to do the miraculous in your life. And I want to say to you, friends, it is a year for the miraculous. It is the year of the testimony. It is the year that people stand up and say, I am not who I once was. And I'm not talking about just the drug addicts. I'm not just talking about the people that are on medicine. I'm talking about people that have been sitting in chairs, in pews their entire life. Yet this is the year that they will give a testimony and say, the Spirit of God has filled me. I'm not who I once was. This world will never change through self-help. It will never change. Listen, I'm not against New Year's resolutions. I mean, I make New Year's resolutions. I think that as long as what we look at and what we want to accomplish is in the vein of what God wants to accomplish in our life, it's a great time to set some goals. It's a great time to say, this is the year. And align your life. It is, I mean, friends, if you don't want to eat any fast food, who am I to stop you? I mean, it would probably do you some good. Just go ahead and get that saturated fat out of your system. It's probably a good time for a New Year's resolution. You can go ahead and help yourself in that regard. But I'm here to tell you that you can get skinny, you can get fat, but it will not change the mentality and faith that you have because only the Spirit of God can do that inside of you. And I'm here to show you today, friends, what must take place. I'm here to show you that we must have the faith of an army. We must have faith that refuses to look at our past record. When I look at my past record, when I look at this year, and it happened this week, it happened. Again, think of my life, think of what I failed at this year, what I'm not doing like I should be doing. and, And I just begin, if you begin to do that and you just look at your record, it can just become depressing. Because you really know you, right? You know you when nobody's watching. You know what you're like when there, aren't, when there isn't anybody around. And when we look at who we are and what our past record and who people think we are, they go, ah, oh, man. But what I'm here to tell you is that we need to look not based of our past record, but what the Spirit of God wants to do in our lives. Because this is a year for miracles. And no matter what your past was like, no matter how low your valley was, no matter how dry your bones are, I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of God can breathe life into you if you allow Him. But you cannot, here's the message, you cannot sit back. You cannot go, well, I hope so, because I could use it. He said, prophesy. In other words, you speak, I will do the work. It's time for some of you to start speaking instead of listening. And what I mean by that is so often we just listen here, here, come to church here, here. And what I mean by speaking, it's time for you to get active in your faith. It's time for you to believe for miracles. It's time for you. This is what, this is my prayer. Lord, let there be such vast miracles, such light. And when I mean miracles, do you know what I, uh, you know what I'm most concerned about? Changed lives. I would rather see changed 
lives in the soul and in the spirit than I would a broken arm being healed. I want to see changed lives because that's eternal and a bone is not. I want to see changed lives. My prayer is, God, that there would be such miracles of changed lives that our world around us, the people at your job, the people in your family, the friends that you have, they won't be able to deny the work of God in our midst. It's that whole phrase, you know, I'd rather see, uh, I'd rather see a sermon than hear a sermon any day. Instead of us preaching, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, that the changed life would speak that they would see these bones. Come on, somebody. They would see the 2009 you not go to the self-help book of a Christian bookstore or Barnes & Noble or Borders or anywhere else, but they would see you seek God and begin to speak the will of God over your life and they would begin to see faith arise in you. They would see your head be lifted up. They would see you with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Not the perfect life. I want to tell you something, just, just, you know, uh, side note, won't get sidetracked, but... When we talk about this valley of dry bones and this year of limitless possibilities, I want to be really clear that I don't echo some ministries out there that paint a bad picture. 2010 will be filled with challenges. Okay? God did not say, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones that they would become vacationers sitting on an island, sipping iced tea, watching the sunset. What did he say? He said, prophesy that these bones would become an army. Why does there need to be an army? Because there are some challenges ahead. But I would like to win that war. I would like to go into 2010 knowing there are some challenges, knowing I'm going to face some things that I would not choose to face on my own accord. And I would love to go in prophesying and speaking the Word of God over my life and beginning to say, I believe that whatever comes in front of me can be overcome by the Spirit of God. This is a year of victory. This is a year we win. What needs to happen in your life? What is God saying to you this morning? 2010 begins speaking it. 2010 begin to be a part of the solution rather than someone that's meditating on a past of failure. You want to know how the Seahawks will win next year? A different team. I mean, I sound like I'm like the critic, you know, that like, this is my favorite team. If you guys, some people won't come over to my house on Sunday afternoons because they become afraid. Because they're like, oh, who's that guy watching? I'm like, what? what? You know, I get really into it. You know, and thank you. Uh, where's Jonathan? Where's Jonathan at? Did he have to leave already for the south side? Jonathan got me Seahawk pajamas. <laughs> and I have worn those every day since Christmas. <laughs> they're great. But I want to tell you something. The way that the Seahawks will win next year is not by doing the same things with a better attitude. It's not by being the same thing, doing the same place, doing everything the same. They need to make a shift. 
They need some new players to come in. They need some new strategies to come in. You are not going to have a different year just because you want a different year. You're going to have a different year because the Spirit of God comes in and does things that have never happened before because there's a level of faith. I believe in you because I believe the Spirit of God is for you and not against you. So this is it. Simple message, 2010, limitless possibilities. Whatever your record was, throw it in the garbage. It's not applicable. The only thing you can use it for is what to prophesy over. You look at your record and instead of getting depressed, you just got ammunition. If you're depressed, you say, look at this. My record says depression. If you've got uh, 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 healing that needs to happen in your body, you go, oh, look at this. I, I need some healing. If your marriage needs some help, oh, look at this. And instead of this dictating your future, it dictates your prayers. It dictates your prophetic words. It dictates the fact that God wants to take this valley of dry bones and make it live. We have hope that no one else has. And if you're here today and you're not sure if you're even a follower of Jesus, maybe you've gone to church, maybe you grew up in the church, maybe you grew up Catholic, maybe you grew up Pentecostal, maybe you grew up Baptist, it doesn't matter. You can grow up in any system but never experience the presence of God in your life as surrendering to Him, saying, Jesus, I bow my knee. I want you to take over my life. When you do that, that's when things become possible. Jesus says, Behold, in Revelation, I make all things new. Someone should look at you and go, I know you're 2009. Why are you so excited? Why are you anticipating this year when you had that for last year? You need to say, because I have hope. I have hope because my God loves me. He's for me and not against me. Some of you might think of your life and just say, Brian, it's not that all these bad things happen to me. It's not that I'm sick in my body or this. I've just screwed up so many times. And I want to let you know that the Bible says in 1 John, if we sin, we have an advocate. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He is interceding for you. That means whether you screwed up because it was your fault or because somebody did something to you or because just out of pure circumstance or lifestyle or something just isn't right that should be right, no matter what your situation, you can have hope because God will redeem anything that was broken, any valley, any bones, no matter how it came about, God will make all things new. Most of the time, the valley that we get into is our fault. Sometimes, though, we didn't have any say. You know, Jennifer and I, you know this, we walked a a type of a valley for eight years. We didn't choose it. We didn't sin and cause infertility and the inability to have children. It was just there. And so we had to decide whether it was our fault or not. Were we going to put our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ? 
Because when you do that, you begin to understand. It's not about answered prayer. It's that He is your all in all. And when you make Jesus your all in all, those other things fade. It doesn't mean that it's not the cry of your heart. It doesn't mean that it's not supposed to be prayed over or that you're supposed to uh, go after those things. But you see, when you put Jesus at his rightful place, then all of a sudden you begin to understand everything else can fall away. But I have everything I need, and his name is Jesus. I'm calling you, church. I'm not the senior pastor here, but I am echoing the thoughts and the the prayers and, and the belief of our pastor that I am calling you to have a new level of faith. I am calling you to anticipate your life, anticipate your Mondays, anticipate your Sundays. Can I can I just uh, uh, meddle just a little tiny bit? Just a little tiny bit. You know, it, it's good for us every once in a while. I, I, I want to let you know something. <clears throat> Would you agree with me or not? that your anticipation level on Sundays largely could be shown by when you arrive on a Sunday morning. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, if you knew that miracles were going to happen, if you knew that people were going to get saved, if you knew there were people, would you be like, okay, let's get in the car, kids? Or would you be like, let's go? Let me put it in a different, different illustration to help you understand. If you knew you were going to get a million dollars if you showed up a half hour before church, how would you anticipate the morning? Woo-woo! The B train is leaving the station. Let's go. Why? There would be an anticipation. And I want to call you. Listen, I, it's a little, it's not fair. It's not a blanket statement. I mean, believe you me, this is the first year we've ever had a child. I didn't know that one, what once took five minutes now takes five hours. I don't understand that equation. She's small. She's this big. How could this take so much longer to do what you say. I understand. And some of you have like 20 children. I don't even know how you make it here. But my point is this. Could we all come into agreement that if we were constantly speaking over the dry bones in our church and in our own lives and in our families and in our city, we might have a little bit more anticipation than what we had in 2009. Can we come into that agreement? I'm here to call you. I'm calling you to join an army of bones. You see, we're looking at a record. And I'm here to tell you, I don't necessarily like my record. I don't like how many losses I have. Just like the Seahawks. Maybe I should like another team. No, anyways, that's a whole other thing. I don't like my record yet, yet. You too may say, I don't like my record. And I'm here to call you to say, okay, okay, fellow bones, let's let this year be a year that we become an army. Let's let this year be a year that we have faith for the impossible, not because of our record, but because of the Spirit of God that is for us and not against us, who has called us to such a life of being an army that overcomes, that lives in the land that He called us to. I'm calling you to have this kind of faith. I'm calling you to believe. 
So I want to pray for you. And I want you to ask yourself, what do I need to stop sitting back and dwelling upon? What do I need to start speaking faith into? Not because of my record, but because of who God is. Would you think about that right now? Would you bow your heads with me? And would you begin to ask God to speak to you and say, Lord, what do I need to do in my life? What do I need to become active in? I'm here to tell you today to cancel out the thoughts of your past record. Cancel out the thoughts and the, the, the skies of the enemy to bring down your level of faith. It's a new season. It's a new season, not because of a calendar year, but because the Spirit of God wants to take you into a season where you begin speaking in to your life. Let's cooperate with the Spirit of God. Father, right now I pray for every family. I pray for every person here. I pray for all the single guys here, all the single ladies, even the children out in Children's Church. Lord, that they would begin to recognize, Lord, that You are able... You are able to call out that which does not exist as though it is. And you are able to create out of nothingness. Lord, you spoke into the darkness. And things were created. You were able to spit into dirt, rub it on a blind man's eyes, and he was able to see. Lord, I pray right now that you that you would speak life into every person here. I pray that every person here would have faith this year to be a part of an army, an army that sees the miracles of God in its midst.